This is a Legacy of Laughs comedy from the golden age of radio, brought to you by RelicRadio.com. It isn't Mildred's Pierce, kiddies. <laughs> the makers of Tenderleaf Tea and Blue Bonnet Margarine present the Fred Allen Show with Fred's guest Martha Ray, Portland Hopper, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, the Tenderleaf Workshop Players, the DeMarco Sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And if you're wondering who I am, my name is Kenny Delmont. Ladies and gentlemen, this is National Radio Week. To observe the occasion auspiciously, we wanted to bring you a radio big shot. But all we could get was a blank. And here he is, Brad Allen. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Kenny, this week radio celebrates its 25th year of broadcasting. Think of that, 25 years and still in its infancy. <laughs> you know, the first radio program I heard was from Pittsburgh station KDKA, way back in 1920. Uh, how, how was the first broadcast, Fred? Oh, it was quite exciting, Kenny. The announcer came on and said, this is Pittsburgh. The next thing I knew... Cinder started flying out of my crystal set. Smoke came pouring out of the earphones. The coil turned into a hot coal. The wires melted down and spelled out John L. Lewis on the phone. Well, in 1920, radio must have been a lot different, too. Oh, all of the programs were new then, Kenny. Mr. District Attorney was still going to law school back in those days. The national bond dance was just one rube doing a hoedown in a silo. Bulldog Drummond was just part of a litter back in 1920. <laughs> and radio had yet to hear those two famous words... Mr. Allen! Well, pardon <laughs> Hey, you, uh, you got a lot of applause tonight. My aunt with the big hands is here. Your aunt with the big hands, huh? Well, tell me... <laughs> tell me, Portland, are you... We probably use it the way things start off. Tell me, Portland, are you, are you celebrating National Radio Week? No. Mama and I are celebrating the end of shoe rationing. Oh, good, good. Mama says now that song will be back on the hip parade again. What song? Shoe, shoe, baby. <laughs> You should spray that joke with DDT, Portland. <laughs> it's lying there, but it isn't quite dead yet. <laughs> Say, how can you buy shoes today? Aren't the stores crowded? Oh, it's awful. My salesman had four women's feet in his hands at once. Say, that beats a full house, four feet. <laughs> Say, he must have been terribly mixed up. Oh, he was. When I left the shoe store, yes. on one foot, I was wearing a wedgie. And on your other foot? I had a sneaker. A wedgie and a sneaker, huh? <laughs> With one leg longer than the other, how did you ever get home? I walked along Fifth Avenue with one foot in the gutter. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I hope you didn't step on anybody we know. <laughs> 
And speaking of stepping, we'd better start stepping down to Allen's Alley, Portland. What is your question tonight? Well, I was going to use that one we heard earlier in the evening about the man who was sitting in Mildred's Piers, but I changed my mind. You know, this week, the $11 billion victory loan drive started throughout the country, and since the government is asking all of us to buy more bonds, Portland, our question is, are you doing your part in the victory loan drive? Shall we go? As one little doggie said to the other little doggie, let's get along. Gosh, it's good to be back in Allen's Alley again, isn't it, Portland? Now, I wonder if the senator is in. Somebody, I say, somebody not. Now, look, Senator. Claghorn's the name. Senator Claghorn, that I, is. I know what... I represent the South. I'm from Dixie. That's down South. Well, you keep telling me yeah, the same... Yeah, let me talk, son. Well, all I'm trying... Let me get a word in. A word, you understand? That's all I know. Yeah, I know. you keep running off at the mouth, son. I haven't even... Yadda-da, 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 that is. <laughs> Look, Senator, what is Washington doing about the victory loan drive? Well, I say, Congress is all excited. Senator Ball is bouncing. Fine. <laughs> I said Ball is bouncing. That's a joke, son. Well, I suspect it. You ain't very humorous, son. Well, I do the best I can. They keep getting by you. Well, I do the best I can to stop them, Senator. <laughs> but they're so sticky, I don't like to touch them. <laughs> Tell me, Senator, are you... <laughs> Now, Makes a lot of pauses in there. We have uh, any pauses left over. We could use the short ones, you know, for station identification. Tell me, Senator, are you behind this victory loan? I overdone it, son. I can't go back home. You can't go south? I told my constituents to buy bonds. Buy victory bonds, I said. I see. Our army has won the war, I said. Good. Our army is coming home victory. Victorious, I said. Well, why can't you go back down south, Senator? They, I say, they thought I meant the Confederate Army. Oh. <laughs> so long, so long, that is. So long, I... <laughs> say, a piece of corn pone fell out of the Senator's pocket here. Oh. oh, well, I'll give it to him next Sunday. Well, let's move along to Titus Moody's door. Howdy, bud. Say, uh... <laughs> Mr. Moody, you look a little tired tonight. Yeah, Monsieur Robot catalog come yesterday. I was up all night reading it. You couldn't, uh, couldn't put it down, eh? Couldn't wait to see how the story come out. <laughs> Gosh, well, uh, uh, Mr. Moody, I know you're doing your part in the victory loan drive. Yeah, I bought $500 worth of bonds. You put them in the bank? I buried him in my backyard. You hid your money in the ground? Why? Well, the fellow he told me, he says, you can't take it with you. And you? I thought I'd try it. <laughs> well, burying your money sounds like a good idea. Not so good, bub. What happened? Gophers. <laughs> gophers, eh? They dug down where I had my money buried. You mean the gophers ate up all of your bonds? Couldn't tell my $500 from a hole in the ground. Hold on, Bob. Well, Mr. Moody's going to have a hard time trying to spend those occupation gophers. Well, I'll try this next house. No? Well, Mrs. Nussbaum, I'm sure you're doing your bit in the victory loan drive. I'm auctioning. 
auctioning off my furniture. Really? My goal is $100 bonds. What, uh, what furniture did you put up? First, my coffee table. Uh-huh. For $12, it is going, going, gone. $12 for a coffee table, huh? Oh, it's a genuine Sippendale. Oh, Sippendale. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Next, for $50, is going my pickle pine lobster. Pickle pine <laughs> Another, Another valuable piece? A Duncan Feinstein. Duncan <laughs> I see. Then it's going job lot. Teapot, high boys, low boys, assorted bracket Most of your things were gone, huh? Like old Mother Hubbard, my cupboard is there. She'll pardon the expression. Yes. <laughs> but you uh, you made your one hundred dollar goal. I am three dollars short. Well, how did you raise the last three dollars? In the kitchen, I'm finding two chairs. Two chairs. My rocking chair and my husband Pierre's modest chair. And you, uh... I'm selling Pierre's chair. Eureka, I'm making mine gold. Well, if you sold your husband's chair, what is he sitting on now? But he's always sitting on, silly Billy. <laughs> Here we are at the last house in the alley. I'll see if anyone's home here. Oh, oh it's, it's you, you the pest again. Ah, McGee and McGee. I'll bet you boys have written some new songs this week. You bet. Have you heard? It's watermelon time in Waterbury, baby, so I can't elope with you. Now, wait a minute. Now, look. <laughs> I just stopped by to say I'm checking to see if everybody is behind the victory loan drive. Great. We just wrote a new Victory Bond song. Victory Bond song? How does it go? It's him. Katie ain't dancing, romancing, or such. He's just buying bonds. The war may be won, but the job isn't done. Katie's buying bonds. Katie's saving his dough for that small bungalow that he'll share with his strawberry blonde. Cause she is a whack and until she gets back, Casey's buying mine. And now that McGee and McGee have torn their tune apart, we bring you five little girls who will put one together for you. The DeMarco sisters, accompanied by Maestro Al Goodman and his atonic orchestra, now sing Bell Bottom Trousers.
Kenny, with a word to the wives. You can trust Her Majesty, the American housewife, to be practical every time. She wants finer tea in its most convenient form. So she buys Tenderleaf brand tea balls. They outsell all other kinds in America because they're better in every way. Easy to handle, more convenient, more gracious. Above all, they make finer tea. Because the tea leaves inside the individual packets is famous for flavor Tenderleaf brand tea. Always supremely delicious. And the packets are made of tasteless filter paper. A vast improvement that filters your tea as it's being made. It comes out clear and sparkling, unmarred by speck. There's nothing but tea goodness in your cup. And tea goodness means quick comfort when you need it most. When you want the quick comfort of a bracing cup of delicious tender leaf tea, just drop a tender leaf tea ball in your cup, add boiling water, and it's ready. So for every good reason, ask your grocer for tender leaf brand tea ball. Maestro Al Goodman has just presented a Reader's Digest version of that popular song, If I Loved You. And now, say, Portland, will you hand me my pitch pipe over there on the floor, please? Uh-huh. Is this it? Yes, thank you. Any bones today? Any bones today? What are you doing, Mr. Dallas? What does it sound as though I'm doing? Any bones today? Bonds of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can laugh. Let me tell you, the Treasury Department, Treasury Department, all the dealings I've had with them and can't pronounce the name. <laughs> Heard me singing with Frank Sinatra last week. The Treasury Department? Uh-huh. You know, Barry Wood did all of the singing in the last bond drive. Well, the Treasury Department wants me to sing for the victory loan. Why, I may be another Lucy Monroe before I'm through. <laughs> Any bones today, bones Mr. Allen, if you sing like that, you'll get $11 billion thrown at you. $11 billion in pennies is still $11 billion, Portland. I'm singing on the Staten Island Ferry tomorrow at 11 o'clock. If the wind is right, they'll hear me all over Jersey. They think they have flats in Jersey. Wait till they hear me in the morning. Who is our guest tonight? Guest. Guess? Oh, I knew I had forgotten something, Portland. You know, I've been so busy. Yesterday, I had to go down to the song publishers to get a copy of any bonds today. Well, I got there early, and nobody was around. I thought I'd wait in one of the rehearsal rooms. So I opened the door, and there was a quiet-looking young girl sitting there studying some lyrics. I passed by her window, I think was the name of the song. And as I come in, as I came in, she looked up and said softly, Hiya, Fay, oh boy, oh boy, Fay, hiya, Fay. Hey, I, uh, I didn't mean to barge in on you, Martha. I'm sorry. Oh, forget it. Slap the caucus down over here. Uh, at my age, Martha, one does not slap the caucus. One lowers it gently. <laughs> well, lower it gently, Fred. The creaking won't bother me. You sure? <laughs> you, sure? <laughs> you come across an occasional one as we go along. But Martha... 
Martha, you seem depressed. You look as though you had lost a friend. Fred, I just lost a million friends. What happened? The fleet left town. <laughs> now, don't tell me your boyfriend was the Romeo of the Big Mo. Oh, he was the cutest little sailor, Fred. A little sailor? Uh, he was so small, his dog tag was a Pekingese. <laughs> Would you like to run over that again? Now, there's some <laughs> It may be with us. I'm not sure. So small, he's a, a sort of a sample sailor. Was he romantic in a miniature way? Romantic? When I smiled. Yes? He said it was like a landing barge opening up. <laughs> well, as long as you've missed your sailor friend, Martha, how about going out with me? Are you kidding well, you know the old Navy saying, any old port in a storm? It ain't that stormy, Fred. <laughs> Martha, there are people, believe it or not, who think that I am not unpretty. Fred, at carnivals, I have thrown baseballs at better-looking faces. <laughs> Martha, for your information, I have my own hair, I have my own teeth. No other radio comedian can make that statement. <laughs> So what do you say, uh, what do you say, Martha? Let's go jitterbugging. You a jitterbug, Fred? Are you too old to jit? Uh, <laughs> a man is never too old to jit, Martha. <laughs> I read about a jitterbug who was 97 years of age. The day he was buried, a voice was heard coming from within his coffin. What did the voice say? Dig me, brother, dig me. <laughs> Well, Martha, I have to run along. I've got to learn my song. But I have to rehearse my song, too. Really? I'm opening at the carnival room in a couple of weeks. Say, as long as you're going to be in town, how about coming on my program some Sunday? Oh, I'm through with comedy, Fred. I'm going in for drama. You, a dramatic actress? Fred, while I was playing overseas for the USO, I learned that soldiers aren't looking for comedy in a woman. Well, I know that, Martha. And what they're looking for, you are not going to find a Noel Coward, either. <laughs> Won't Hollywood give you a chance to do a... We could have used some of that on two of those other jokes. We've <laughs> Won't Hollywood uh, give you a chance to do a dramatic picture? Hollywood? Ten years in Hollywood, and what have I got to show for it? 200 sweaters and Sonny Tufts autographs. Sonny Tufts? Gad, they've taught him to write. <laughs> Paramount did it again. <laughs> Oh, if I just had a chance to show my dramatic ability. See, I just remembered, Martha. It so happens that I have a play. A drama? Gosh, Fred. Now, if you have a little time. Uh, just a minute, Fred. The band is waiting to rehearse my number. Uh -huh. I'll be right back. Okay, boys. Tampico, Tampico, on the go for Mexico. Tampico, Tampico, Can't be go, can't be go. That's the place to go. You go down there. 
reach you and stand. Jackson, give me a five. Luke, help me go. Help me go. I'm the gold from Mexico. Help me go. Help me go. Way down in my Oh, say, that was swell, Martha. Oh, thanks, Fred. Hey, now, what about your play? Is it a dramatic? Dramatic? Pardon me, uh, it's, a dramic, it's a dramic. It's a dramic. It's a dramic with some tender leaf tea in there. Which... <laughs> it's a sequel to that. <laughs> it's a sequel. Let's read Between the Lines. I think it's a I think it's a, it's a sequel to that new picture, Love Letters, Martha. Love Letters, that big hit Jennifer Jones and Joseph Cotton are starting? Yes, Love Letters, but my play is called Nash Note. <laughs> you are a girl like Jennifer Jones. You have lost your memory. And the way I play Joseph Cotton, you'll think a bold weevil has just gotten through it. Let's go, Fred. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the premiere performance of America's newest dramatic star, Miss Martha Ray. In national. I am Bennington. That is my name. I cannot remember my name. I cannot remember anything. The reason I cannot remember anything is because I have lost my memory. I remember only one word out of my forgotten past. One word keeps echoing through my mind. Oh, is that one word? Megatroid, Megatroid. Megatroid, Megatroid. Megatroid, Megatroid. 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 That word was the only link to my past. One day my empty life was brightened. I met him. Yes, Bennington met me. I am Lord Neville Buff Puffington. Keeper of the Privy Seal. Alto Pfeiffer in His Majesty's Warm Stream Guard. At the last election, given the boot with Winston Churchill. Yes, it was I who won the art of Bennington. But I shall start at the beginning. It was at the beginning it all started, obviously. It was Michaelmas Eve at Lady Cavendish's Fish and Chip Fry. Music was played. It was a social event of the season. A group of us young dandies had gathered. I was standing by the obstacle. I was about to give it a bit of a tweak when I heard a chap say... I say, here comes Lady Cavendish, but you went out with her niece. Oh, gentlemen. How'd you do? To do. 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 You may remain and regale Lord Buck Puffington. Yes, my lady. Come, gentlemen. We're having such beastly fun in the castle room. We're pulling them. Oh, we're pulling them. <laughs> I say, Bennington. Yes, my lord. We buff Puffingtons never beat about the bush, you know. Yes, my lord. If we have something to say, we jolly well out with it. Tippity-poo and all that sort of rot, you know. Yes, my lord. Bennington. Will you marry me? 
Yes, me lord. Congratulations, old girl. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was to be Lady Buck Poppington. He didn't know my mind was a blank. Only one word tied me to my forgotten past. Always the same word. Megatroid, Megatroid. Megatroid, Megatroid. Megatroid, Megatroid. And so we were married. It wasn't long before I sensed that something was wrong with Bennington. She was incessantly forgetting. Forever she seemed to be saying... I can't remember. When I would say, Bennington, I'm off for a bit of croquet. Where are me wickets? I can't remember. Bennington, I'm going frogging tonight. Where is my frog net with the short handle? I can't remember. Finally, it dawned on me. My wife had lost her memory. I sent for England's greatest psychiatrist, Sir Proctor Prendable Bark. The psychiatrist said, Your wife has suffered a great shock. Really? It caused her to lose her memory. Shock, you say? She must have witnessed some terrible scene. Terrible scene. Someone in agony. Agony. Someone tortured. There is only one clue. One clue, you mean? The name Murgatroyd. Anything else, doctor? Yes, that would be two pounds. Thank you. Murgatroyd, the only clue. I called on the police. To the four corners of the earth, they cabled that name. Murgatroyd, Murgatroyd. Murgatroyd, Murgatroyd. Murgatroyd, Murgatroyd. Murgatroyd. Then success. Scotland Yard found the solution. Bit by bit, they pieced together my wife's tragic past. At last I knew. I summoned her. Bennington. I say, Bennington. Who are you? I am your mate, Lord Buff Puffington. I can't remember. Your memory will soon come back, old girl. Listen closely. You recall Murgatroyd? Murgatroyd? Murgatroyd. An accountant at Hollywood, California, in the colonies when you were there. My memory. It's coming back. Murgatroyd. I worked for him. Right. Then one day in March, one of Murgatroyd's clients came into his accountant's office. Remember? Stop, stop. Don't bring that horrible picture to my mind again. No, no, no. There in Murgatroyd's office, you saw the sight that drove you out of your mind. No, no, no. You witnessed a man going through the agonies worse than death. A scene of self-torture and suffering no other mortal could possibly witness without breaking. No, no, no. Yes, Bennington. You saw Jack Benny paying his income tax. with a parting reminder. A suggestion about something good to eat makes us all take notice. So here's one for the book. Remember the letters F-N-E for flavor, nutrition, economy. Blue Bonnet Margarine gives all three flavor, nutrition, economy. Yes, when you buy Blue Bonnet Margarine, ladies, you get three important things. You get flavor, delicious flavor. 
The fluffiest eater in your family will go for Blue Bonnet. It's so fresh, delicate tasting, country sweet. You get nutrition, proved nutrition. Delicious Blue Bonnet is packed with food energy, rich in vitamin A, too. And Blue Bonnet means economy. This fresh, tempting spread saves you real money. Why, it costs so little, you can spread it on twice as thick. And remember, Blue Bonnet margarine is a product of the makers of Fleischmann's yeast. Back of every pound stands the Fleischmann reputation for top-quality food. You can buy Blue Bonnet with confidence and eat it with real delight. So ask your grocer for Blue Bonnet tomorrow. It's the margarine that gives you flavor, nutrition, economy. All three. Thank you, Kenny. Before we stack up the tender-leaf tea bags and put away the Blue Bonnet margarine for the evening, I want to thank Martha Ray for joining us tonight. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday night, the Fred Allen Show brings you comedy. <laughs> Drama. Joe, Joe, don't take my life. Okay, I'll take your Esquire instead. And our guest will be... Monty Woolley. Monty Woolley.